this is good. He's been speaking to us. And would you take your Bible and turn with me to John? We're going to be in John chapter 7 tonight. John chapter 7. And uh, I hope that you are experimenting with Jesus' questions. I want to remind you they're not Hal Perkins' questions, though that's a mentor in my life who's been pointing me to some of Jesus' questions. They're not Brady's questions. Uh, Heaven help us, they're not Oprah Winfrey's questions. They're Jesus' questions. It's not just popular opinion. It's not some fad. It's not some program. Jesus felt like asking his disciples these questions did something in them. And so when we get our eyes fixed on who he is, it changes us. We see him and ourselves differently. When we see what he's doing, it not only makes us thankful and grateful, but it calls us into obedience to join him in what he's doing. But we also want to listen to him through his word. He speaks to us through a still, small voice. We can have the mind of Christ. We talked about this last month over and over and over and over and over. We're going to get it drilled into our brains. He speaks to us through other brothers and sisters. That's why times like this, Church, we are not like filling space here. When you give praise to what Jesus is doing, when you give praise with your mouth to who he is, do you know that Jesus may be using your words to speak to someone in this room? We don't want to miss that opportunity. And when we listen to his word, we want to hear him and not anybody else. If you don't want to hear Brady tonight, say amen. Amen. Uh, I knew someone would shout loud. Good job, Carrie. I love it. Well, you, you may want to hear me, but I would want to hear him more than we want to hear me. Let's, let's listen to Jesus from his word. Lord, we come to you right now and ask that you would open up your word to us again. Would you help us not just hear your word, but Lord, would you help us be doers of your word? We thank you that you are very much alive. You are very active in our life. You want relationship with us. And Lord, I believe you're going to call some of us to obedience tonight. And Lord, we want to be obedient, but we need to hear what you're asking so we know what to do and how to be obedient. So Lord, I ask right now that you'll take my feeble words and you will work the miracle of preaching again. And you will speak a hundred different ways to what it is you want to do in the hearts of my brothers and sisters. And in myself, Lord, speak to me your name I pray. Amen. Well, we're going to dive into some steak right into John chapter 7. We're going to dig into the Word. We're going to see what we can find in the Word. And then we're going to say, Lord, how could I live out this passage of Scripture? Okay? Take your Bible and I'm going to read aloud John chapter 7, verse 1 through 6. You read in your mind silently as I read aloud. After this, Jesus went around in Galilee, purposely staying away from Judea. Because the Jews there were waiting to take his life. But when the Jewish feast of tabernacles was near, Jesus' brother said to him, You ought to leave here and go to Judea, so that your disciples may see the miracles you do. Verse 4. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret. Since you are doing these things, show yourself to the world. For even his own brothers did not believe in him. Verse 6. Therefore Jesus told them, the right time for me has not yet come. For any time is right. For you, any time is right. Here we see a key theme of what is happening in the text as we dig into it. We begin to see that there's something different about Jesus than everyone else around him. And see, Jesus' timing 
was not of this world. We don't have PowerPoint tonight, but John Wesley made it somehow without PowerPoint, so I think we'll be okay. But uh, you have an outline there for you, and if you'd like to take notes, that's your first blank. Jesus' timing was not of this world. And Jesus said, hey guys, any time is the right time for you. Whatever makes sense for you is the right time. But for me, this is not the right time. My timing is not of this world. In verse 3, Jesus' brother said, hey, you ought to leave and you ought to go to Judea. Your followers, the people who are excited about you, they, they need you to do some more miracles. In fact, Jesus, no one who wants to become famous, no one who wants to be a, a public figure just acts in secret. Come on. It's time for a political rally. You don't become silent at the pinnacle of, of your, your popularity. The word is on the street that you are moving and doing things. Show up. You... You need to, to speak up of who you are. Show yourself in the world. Let's get a good PR campaign going, Jesus. But Jesus' brothers, what they were saying, made a lot of earthly sense. We can see that it wasn't in Jesus' timing, but it made a lot of earthly sense. See, people loved to see miracles. Do you love it when you see something that's supernaturally impossible to come possible? They loved to be entertained. They loved to see the miracles. They were crowd pleasers for the most part. Some would get all bent out of shape about it. But for the most part, they loved to see the miracles. And, and Jesus was, was being told by these brothers, don't go silent. Don't hide away. If you want to be famous? You want to take over the world like you're, you're, you're saying that, that you're going to be the savior of the world? You're going to be the Messiah? We know what that means. The Messiah is going to be famous. His name's going to be in, in lights. They didn't have lights, but his name's going to be chiseled in stone all over the buildings. And, and he's going to come in and, and you need to start ramping up your PR campaign. And this is a perfect place. Go to Judea. It's the right time. All the festivals are there. And start doing your magic and do all these miracles. And, it's gonna, and Jesus says, hey, this is not the right time. It may make sense in your time, but this is not the right time. They're saying to him, there's no harm in self-promotion. You are the product, Jesus. You just got done saying it. You are the bread of life. So go push the product. This makes sense. Now is the time, Jesus. There's some, I hate to tell you, Jesus, who don't really believe that you're the Messiah. It's pretty timely that you show up and prove yourself. There's some who believe in you, but they'd love for you to prove yourself again because they're catching flack from the people who don't believe. In the face of all those thoughts, Jesus not only heard what they said, but I love this in Scripture. We can see it a number of places through the Gospels. Jesus can, can know what they're thinking. Isn't that kind of scary? You have a friend, a family member that's so close to you, it's like they can, they can read your mind, they know what you're thinking. Before you ever say it, they can say, hey, hey, maybe you need to watch your attitude there say anything yet well i can see it on your face i'm blessed with a wonderful wife who will help me like that i need that our jesus could see what they were thinking he could see not only what they're saying and he said hey guys any time is the right time for you but for me my timing is not of this world we also as we read on and look at verse let's skip down to verse 14 through 18 not until halfway through the feast did jesus go up to the temple courts and to begin to teach. It wasn't the right time. He held back and, and he, he wasn't going to press through. But when the time was right, when the father told him to go, he went there and, and he began to teach. Verse 15, the Jews were amazed and asked, how did this man get such learning without having studied? 
I claimed that verse when I was in junior high school. I thought that would be awesome. It didn't quite pan out the way that I'd hoped, but it was intriguing. How did this man get such learning without having studied? Verse 16, Jesus answered, My teaching is not my own. It comes from him who sent me. If anyone chooses to do God's will, he will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Verse 18, he who speaks on his own does, does so to gain honor for himself. But he who works for the honor of the one who sent him is a man full of truth. There is nothing false about him. What is Jesus doing here as we dig into this text what do we see about jesus not only is his timing not of this world we see that jesus's righteousness is not of this world his timing is not of this world and his righteousness his right living is not of this world jesus is is saying you act you act like whoops i'm sorry i got ahead of myself jesus's wisdom is not of this world i got too excited it's his wisdom we'll get to righteousness next his wisdom is not of this world. Now, some of you just wrote in ink the wrong word in the blank. Lord, help our ob- obsessive compulsive disorders that I have and help us just keep moving through. Right in there, wisdom. <laughs> I can see it on your face. I see my friends who think the way I do. Get a new sheet of paper. Write it on the back. <laughs> Jesus' wisdom is not of this world. One of the big hang-ups that people had with Jesus was that they knew him as the son of Joseph. They saw where he came from, so they thought, and they couldn't understand why was his teaching so full of wisdom, so full of power, so, so full of authority. They were amazed at his teaching. And what did Jesus say about his teaching? He said, my teaching is not like anything else you've heard. See, his teaching didn't make sense to them. He didn't go to their schools. He didn't get their kind of degrees. He didn't study the things that they had studied, and yet he had authority, and he had power, and he had a wisdom that they hadn't seen before. See, Jesus tells them, I don't teach the way that you have heard it taught before. My teaching is not my own. My teaching is from the Father, the one who has sent me. My teaching, it's not like the teachers you hear that glorify themselves and they puff themselves up, but my teaching points to the Father. My teaching points to Jesus. And so my timing is not of this world, and my wisdom is not of this world. Your teaching, your wisdom, your words, your thoughts come from your schools. It comes from your own plans, your own thoughts. Your teaching, your words, honor yourself. But my words come from the Father. My words glorify the Father. Jesus' timing was not of this world. His wisdom, his words, his teaching were not of this world. And the third one that I got so excited, we'll get to, it's righteousness. You already know the answer. But let's look at it in the text and let's see this last chunk that we're going to look at tonight. It's the, the last chunk, verse 19 through 24. And Jesus is speaking Jesus says, has not Moses given you the law? Yet not one of you keeps the law. Why are you trying to kill me, Jesus says. Then the crowd responds kind of funny. They say, you are demon possessed. You are crazy. Something is possessing you. Who is trying to kill you? 21, Jesus says to them, I did one miracle. And you are all astonished. Yet because Moses gave you circumcision though actually did not come from Moses, but from the patriarchs, 
you circumcise a child on the Sabbath. Now, if a child can be circumcised on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses may not be broken, why are you angry with me for healing the whole man on the Sabbath? Stop judging by mere appearances and make a right judgment. What Jesus is saying here is, guys, not only is my timing not of this world, not only is my wisdom not of this world, but the one I was so excited about, my righteousness is not of this world. My right living is not of this world. He is saying, hey, you're so excited about your righteousness, just stop for a minute. You, you love to trap me in this. And Jesus was, was doing a, a miracle and healing someone on the Sabbath, and they were trying to catch him in a loophole. And they said, hey, you're doing work on the Sabbath. You're breaking the rules. He says, you're so excited about your own righteousness, your own right living, and yet you don't even keep the law of Moses. Now, if we hear that today, we go, okay, no big deal. When they heard that, big deal. They hung their hat. Nobody keeps the law like us. We're professional law keepers. We know them inside and out. Kind of reminds me of the NFL referee club. I heard an interview with one of the NFL referees a few years back, and they said, you know, we love to sit together. We give each other hypothetical situations to see what the right ruling would be. That would not be a good referee. Who cares? Touchdown or not, that's all I care about. But they would have all these scenarios and situations, and if this happened and, and this took place, and what would the ruling be? And, and did the ball touch the ground first, or, was it, or did they have control, or did they not have control? And they loved the rule. Their job was to keep the rules. These were the referees who had done it right so much, they were no longer at grade school level. They were no longer at junior high level. They were no longer at senior high level. They'd went through the NCAA, and now they were at professional level. These were the professional law keepers. And Jesus did not even go to their school. He had not refereed any of their games. And now Jesus has the audacity to say, hey, you can't even keep Moses' law. Well, why don't you look at your own righteousness? It didn't add up to anything. You can begin to see the tension in that area when Jesus is speaking. He's saying, guys, guys, my timing is not of this world. My wisdom is not of this world. And the righteousness, the right living that I speak of is not of this world either he calls out and he says i can see clearly that you want to kill me they were they were thinking not only of character assassination many of them already have attempted to discredit jesus and cut him at the knees and try to catch him in all kinds of false statements that wouldn't happen but he saw into their hearts many of them were already plotting to kill him and, and they said you are crazy you must be demon possessed you're, you're paranoid jesus one more reason that you can't be the Messiah. And he says, hey, your righteousness that you are so excited about, so proud of, it's not enough. My righteousness is not of this world. That's what Jesus was saying. As simple as I can see it. My timing, not of this world. My wisdom, my words, my teaching, not of this world. My righteousness, my right living, my judgment is not of this world. It's higher than this. Well, good. What do we do with that? What would the Lord possibly want to say to us? At a time like this, we want to say, Jesus, would you help me see what it is you want to say to us? So, Jesus, we just pause right now. We come to a stop sign. We want to look left. 
We want to look right and see if there's any traffic, anything you want to say to us from this passage of Scripture. Lord, we don't want to just hear your word. We want to be doers of your word as well. So help us now, Lord, as we look for application. Not what some man wants to suggest to us, but what you want to say to us. So we're listening, Jesus. Amen. Here are some thoughts. Some things the Lord was speaking to me. He may speak them to you, but let's see. If we were going to live out John 7, 1 through 24, I think we could see that we need His timing, not our timing. You can jot that down. We need His timing, not our timing. Friend, what may seem like the perfect timing for you and your job, the perfect timing for you and when you want to have children, the perfect timing for you and the resolution of this conflict, the perfect timing on the answer for this financial challenge may not be God's timing. Now, the world around you will give you all kinds of ideas about what the perfect timing is. Uh, Carrie and I had a friend in uh, Columbus, Ohio. Uh, it was about uh, 10, well, how long ago? 10, 11 years ago, maybe. And uh, she loved to talk about her plan for her life. And she had a plan for her life, and, and she had a desire to graduate with honors early. And uh, when she graduated early, it was her desire to work five years in the workforce before she would find a guy to settle down with. And uh, when she was going to be uh, about 25 years old, she wanted to be married, and, and she also wanted to have children at age 27. And uh, she was excited to have children at age 27, so she had already had her career started. She got married. She had children at age 27. And at age 30, she wanted to be at a place where she could stay home and, and do these things. And I mean, she had it all mapped out. But the problem was she was 33 years old, 32 years old, and she had not even met a guy yet. So therefore, being married didn't quite work. And the idea of having a child at, at age 25 didn't quite work and, and getting all of her career plans. And so she had a plan, but apparently her plan was not lining up. I, I didn't want to laugh out loud, but I just think it's kind of interesting to how many plans we have. And, and, and our timing may not be God's timing. But friends, the life that Jesus gives to us is not of this world. It's so far better than this world. So why would we want to settle for anything less than God's best. Maybe Jesus wants to say to us, my timing was not what people around thought. My timing came from the Father. Maybe Jesus wants to give us some of his perspective in our timing. Maybe for us, an application we could see is we need his wisdom, not our wisdom. Friends, your words, your thoughts, are not enough. We need His thoughts. We need His wisdom. Now this sounds good. I don't know if anybody wants to throw tomatoes at this. You just throw vegetables and rotten fruit. And boom. Oh, it sounds good. Let's get Jesus' wisdom going. But here's the problem. To have Jesus' wisdom, we need to declare that ours is faulty. We need to declare that ours is subpar. Now, not just the areas that you feel weak in, all of them. Jesus, even in my area of strength, it doesn't compare to what it is you have. Even the things that I feel like I have to offer, Jesus, compared to what you want to do, your timing is not of this world. We want the Father's timing. Our wisdom is not enough. And so, Jesus, I want to depend on your wisdom, your words. And so the people around you are desperately needing the words of Jesus through you. 
So what would it look like if you and I would say, Jesus, would you help me know when and what to speak? Oh, I get it, Brady. We need to be like theologically paralyzed and scared. You just kind of don't want to say anything. I may mess up and I can't, I have to pray. I can't say anything. You know, I'm not saying you can't talk until Jesus tells you something. But what if Jesus wanted to tell you what to say? Are you listening? What if he says, I want you to shut your mouth right now. He tells me that all the time. What I was going to say was so good. But, but, but I want his wisdom, not my own wisdom. Are we depending on our own intellect? Are we depending on our own preparation? Sometimes I think we, we get this idea that Jesus just needs all of my preparation. Now, he calls us to action. And he calls us to take responsibility for what he's told us. But friends, are we working on our own to-do list or what he has said to us? So maybe we could take a page from Jesus and say, I want the Father's timing. I want wisdom from the Father, not my own. And, And finally, we need his righteousness, not our own righteousness. It's not it's not complicated. It's very simple tonight. It's not always easy, but it's very simple. As I think about this application for me, we need His righteousness, not our own righteousness. Sometimes, I don't know about you, I, I have this, this desire to be right. You ever have a desire to be right? I like it when I'm right. It feels good. Sometimes when, when others aren't sure, and, but it comes out that you were right, and you're smart enough not to say, told you so, but inside you go, told you so. It just feels good to be right. And there's, we need to know what is right. And there's value in knowing the truth. And, and we should know the truth. And the truth will set us free. But there's something in knowing the truth that calls us to be obedient to the truth. So, friend, I suggest to you that His righteousness, which means right living, His right living is not just us knowing what is right. That's, that's subpar. We need to do what is right. The world is sick of people who tell them what is right. They are hungry for people who are doing what is right. Don't say go love and then be hateful. Don't say be pure and then secretly not be pure. But, but do what is right. It's at these moments of obedience that we go, I don't know that I can, can do that. Well, you can't. But Jesus can empower you. Well, I don't know if I can be that patient. My, my timing, I don't know if I can. You can't, but he can give you power for his timing. Well, I don't know if I have all the wisdom. Guess what? You don't. If you think you do, then let's pray because, because we need to understand that you don't. But I need his wisdom. You may have some wisdom, but it doesn't compare to his wisdom. And his righteousness is what we're hungering and thirsting for. John 10.10 10, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full, Jesus says. This fullness of life is understanding that His timing is better than our timing. His wisdom is better than our wisdom. His right living righteousness is better than our righteousness. Life with Jesus is better than anything this world can offer. So why do we settle for what this world can offer?